And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 299. That's right, 299. Almost there to 300, folks, of This Old Marketing, recorded on Monday, November 22nd, 2021. And with me, as always, my good friend, my colleague, and really, I think the only guy who can successfully take an elbow from LeBron is Mr. Joe Polizzi. How are you? Everybody's uh, messing with with King James. That's... Yeah, they are. It is... It The, the internet is freaking out right now about... Uh, LeBron's elbow. I've only heard about it. I've not seen the video. I, I, I take well, it. I probably should watch it. I mean, he did. He did, he did throw the elbow. Yeah, he 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 did throw it, and it did make the guy's eye bleed. So oh. I mean, it's a thing. Yeah. So well, yeah. Uh, more it, more haters coming out for that. I'm assuming it's it, LeBron is is just like the New York Yankees or the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. You either love them or you hate them. There's nothing in between. Right. Probably like your Cowboys as well, actually. A yeah, lot of people. well, they got their butts kicked. Yeah, they. Uh, yes, yeah, well, they, so did the Browns, so. but they ended up winning. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you you gotta you gotta question when you win as close as that game was against Detroit. I mean, that was that was not that was not good. well. You know, it was not a good look. Not a good look. But it was a win. You know, it's. Uh, it, oh, no, I was at that game, and we were all talking. Yeah, we were mean, talking about how ugly this game is, but we said, you know what? If we win, we're six and five, and we it's it's we can do whatever. If we win out, or we win against the right, we play all the teams we need to play, and we control our own destiny. So we just got to win. Some t- and by the way, the weather was just atrocious. I mean, it was raining the entire time. So yeah, you, I mean, I'm not making excuses. They played to- they played horrible, but they won. And Detroit yeah. is not even even with the second string college quarterback that Detroit had. They're not a horrible team. They're not right. That's right. I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, they probably are the worst team in the league. Well, they, but they've played. <laughs> who knows? No, they've played. They've played a lot of teams tough. I mean, and when you don't have a lot to lose, you know, you can sort of throw the kitchen sink at, at stuff. And so I'm sure that's a lot, you know, they're all play. all those players are playing to play somewhere else. Right. You know, they're all putting tape. Oh, they, on they're playing for, with, they're yeah, playing so it's hard. all hard at this point. It's just because you're not right. playing for anything and you've got to be no, frustrated playing for tape on. Yourself. Well, you've got to be frustrated because it seems like every other you, they either play terrible or they play amazing. Your Cowboys. There's not a, anything it, in between. It's, it's it's uncanny. Yeah, it's uncanny. They they show up every other week now, um, and so you know it's. I, I, Dak came out and played. I mean, and and funny thing is, it's not like one person. Now there was a lot of enter, uh, 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 There was a lot of uh, injuries that um, uh, was you know uh, to take be taken you know, account of, but there's still no excuse. It's a crazy year in the National Football League this year because there's no dominant teams. Anyone can beat any anyone else, and that's what you want, right? You want the fact. I mean, Houston beat what Tennessee yesterday. That, that shouldn't happen. But was it? Was, that's correct, isn't it? Was it Houston or? 
Yeah, I mean Houston beat yeah. uh, the Titans, which is that shouldn't have happened. The Titans were the number one, number one, you know, AFC team, and they and they lost. So, yeah, uh, whatever. But anyways, uh, happy Thanksgiving. I always enjoy our Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving special episodes, which we've been doing. Yeah. ever since. Let's see, we did did we do one in 2013? I can't remember, but we usually do because we we don't record. We generally record on Thursday, and we don't record on Thanksgiving. Which is Thursday for those people that don't know about the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday. That's right. That's right. And uh, and it's usually a light news week, so we do something special. Yeah, there's, for, it's for very slow right now. People are already on their holidays, getting ready for turkey coma or whatever they decide yeah. to do. Turkey coma. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. They they are waiting for their turkey. I'm waiting for my turkey coma. That's You're for waiting sure. for your I, turkey I, tequila or your tequila coma or whatever you all do. All of the above. Yeah. yeah, it will be all of the above. It will be hashtag all of the drinks uh, will L- be had. Little red, little so, red wine, uh, little reposado, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, you're, yep. and you're good to go. Little bourbon. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, the, what's that, uh, you know, one bourbon, one scotch, and one beer. <laughs> That's going to be <laughs> That's that, gonna Robert be Rose's theme holiday <laughs> theme song is what it's right, going to be. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so you want to you tell uh, the folks what we're doing for this episode, or should we talk about the 300th first? I, uh, well, let's talk about the 300th first, just because we'll get that out of the way. The quick promo for, that's right, folks, it is next week. Uh, and uh, so you'll come off of your turkey coma and have a wonderful end of the week next week. Uh, this old marketing, which will be our 300th episode, dun, dun, dun. our special episode, uh, answering all of the questions that you have been sending in, and we've been getting some great ones. Um, and so, yeah, it, it uh, continue to add them. It's not too late. Please do send us the questions either via the website and drop us an audio question. We've gotten a couple of those this week, so that would. Do you want to set a cutoff? Um, by the way, do you want to say that this? Yeah, I Mon- think, you want to say I Monday, think, next Monday, or Friday, if something? If you haven't. Yeah, if you if you haven't gotten your question in by the end of the weekend, um, yeah, what's your basically up, you know, what's your problem probably, if you haven't? But exactly, what's wrong with right? you people? And so, <laughs> exactly, and, and I, I really don't, you know. And so we're gonna have to we're gonna be recording it as you might expect a little earlier because we're doing uh, video. We're gonna be doing some editing. We're gonna be actually, you know, putting some care and feeding into this, you know, chuckle headed show. So. Um, so I do need it. Yeah, we we, we do need it uh, earlier uh, rather than later. And so, yeah, please do, though. Hashtag us up on Twitter. Uh, hashtag This Old Marketing if you want to put that in. Or you've, there's the contact form on the thisoldmarketing.site website. Or, you know, just about any way you can get. Carrier Pigeon is always a good way to get it to us. So however you can get it to us, get it to us. And we have some special prizes, as we talked about. Joe will be giving away $50 of tilt coin, uh, and I will be sending those who get questions chosen a killing marketing book. Uh, so really a tremendous value. What an amazing deal questions. that is. What an amazing, amazing Yeah, value. a wonderful holiday gift for anyone. There it is. For one and all. Truly. <laughs> one and all. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god all right here's what we're yeah. going to do this episode ladies and gentlemen we are going to uh talk about a few things you know how oprah has her favorite things episode um that always is in this time of year well we're going to do kind of something like that um we're going to basically tee up some things that hopefully give you guys uh some wonderful resources some thoughts um and they're basically just a little bit about us and our favorite things so we'll start with what we're currently reading um it might be books it might be you know white papers it might be whatever whatever we're currently reading now and of course putting those links in the show notes um and then we'll talk about what we think maybe the most influential book of all time is and why uh and then we'll talk about our favorite tv shows of the last year just to give you some alternative programming something you may want to watch over the holiday uh experience we'll talk about our favorite current gadget or gadgets um, and then we'll talk about the biggest marketing trends that we see in the next year. And last but not least, we'll just sort of celebrate our rants and raves section by talking about our biggest current marketing or content marketing creation pet peeve. Um, what really bugs us? What really, as Peter might say, grinds our gears? Uh, and that's it. Well, that should this cover sounds us like a fantastic well show. This is I'm I can't Sounds wait. Like a wonderful show. <laughs> can't wait to it's, get I, into this. I, one. Well, here's the here's the fun thing. Neither Joe nor I know each other's answers. We did this all in the background, so we this is not rehearsed. We may come up with the same things. We may come up with entirely different things. We may have disagreements. So there yeah, we go. We want, Should we dive yeah, in? If we all if we came up with the same things, that would be tragic. And it's highly unlikely. I think there are probably, I can't imagine we won't come up with There's probably the some things, overlap but, you know, because yeah. we do talk I'm every guess week. TV shows have, I mean, yeah. And TV shows, I think, is going to probably match pretty yeah. well. But, um, but who knows? We'll see. All right. Uh, where should um, we start? All right. What are you, well, well, let's start with what we're currently reading. What are you, what are you currently reading, enjoying, loving, hating, whatever? Just what are you currently, what do you currently got on your bedside? Well, I am currently reading. Uh, Snow Crash by Neil Stevenson. I've heard of it. It's it, it's a it's a new book. But <laughs> it's check it an out, old, yeah, it's an old. I think 1995. If if I'm correct, I think that's the year that it was published. That's right. Just to give some background on Snow, it's my, this is my. I'm rereading Snow Crash. By the way, I've read it before. I read it. Yeah. I can't remember who recommended. This is I don't know. Ten years ago, somebody recommended that I read it. I absolutely loved it. And of course, with all the metaverse. Uh, you know, the news and Meta and Facebook and whatever. Every, everybody's gaga about the metaverse. And for people that don't know that uh, the the term metaverse origin originated in the book Snow Crash, and I uh, recommended it on my podcast recently as sort of training reading, if you will, for what's going to happen in the future. Uh, so there's a little bit for those of you that like Ready Player One. It's a, has a little bit to do with that because you actually would plug into whatever this metaverse or or digital universe is. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that happens in it. Uh, it's a bit violent at times, but uh, if you like science fiction, you will love it. And if you just want to get ready for what's going to happen in a very <laughs> in the very near future, outside of maybe people killing each other uh you will you will get a, a you will really i think enjoy snow crash so i, I you have read it correct oh m multiple, multiple times. times yeah so it's you know one of my favorites so yeah, you know it's one of my favorites it's absolutely one of my favorites do you know the do you know the origin of the title 
No, I don't. But I, I, you obviously know more about this than I do. So go ahead. I the I, I the the origin of the title is a fascinating one where uh, Stevenson. So Stevenson wrote uh, an essay, um, and the name of the essay. Well, it's a great. It's one of those titles that you're like, ah, oh, I wish I had written that. Um, uh, he wrote uh, in the beginning was the command line was a was an essay, and then he in that that came after the book, but. Um, so that came after the book, and he talked about the coming up with the title of Snow Crash, which was a particular failure on the early Macintosh computers. There was a particular way that it would sort of crash, and it would crash with very much look like snow on TV, you know, like when you turn on a channel that's yeah. not there in the old days of broadcasting, uh, and the, he called it a snow crash. And took it right from there. And took it right there from you that. Go. Yeah, he took it right from that sort of failure mode of a Macintosh, and and uh, and then built the whole i mean the, the i mean it's 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 a wonderful wonderful story and you know not a particularly happy story no no it's it's <laughs> but, but, it's but, not but it's know. it really is amazing how close he's come with oh, some of the technology some of the that's things now oh, 20 yeah. let's see that book's 26 years old now so that's it's crazy yeah. how close he's become uh with with all of his um predictions let's say so anyway so so yeah. what are you reading what is on your nightstand what do you, what is in your open have, browser what what are you doing yes i have i have one book that is on my bedstand uh and then one book that is currently open on my kindle which i am reading in between times um the one on my bedstand is called unflattening okay. uh it's a book uh, that came out in 2015 by nick susanis uh and it's it's really just a, I mean, the, the closest thing I can describe it is a philosophy book. Um, it is, you know, it, it's basically so this sort of essay, if you will, about how humans construct knowledge, how we sort of think about knowing things. Um, and he presents it. It's, you know, it's, it's normally something that you would see in a very thick paperback book and be very highly technical. But what he did was in a truly innovative and creative way he made it a graphic novel uh, or a look like a graphic novel and it's beautiful the sketching and the artistry is just absolutely beautiful um and it's this you know it's a very fast read because of that but you sort of want to take in all the pictures because the pictures are metaphors for what he's talking about and it's it's just absolutely delightful and i've been slowly reading it it's one of those books that you could literally probably consume in you know a day but i've been really just slowly reading it you know because i'm sort of letting the pictures wash over me and it's just great um it's deep the second book that i'm yeah Yeah. it's deep it's 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 deep stuff um the second book which is much more business-like um i'm reading blockchain bubbler revolution uh, which is the future of bitcoin blockchains and cryptocurrencies i'm sort of you know, I'm down the rabbit hole on this stuff, right? So I've been really trying I'm to get so educated. So proud on of this. you! <laughs> You've really come Red, a long way. Well, no, you just want to know it. I just want to know what we're talking about. Here. So um, you're curious. This is written by I like three, you three you guys. Have curiosity. I do have curiosity. Uh, Neil Meta, Aditya Agash, and Parth Detroya. I'm I'm sure I'm butchering those pronunciations. Uh, it's a, a product manager from Google, a product manager from Microsoft, and a project manage, product manager from Facebook who wrote this book. Um, and it's good so far. It's good. It's a good primer 
on everything, Bitcoin, blockchain, cryptocurrencies, uh, and I'm enjoying it. Have so you far. read uh, Bitcoin Standard by chance? I yeah, haven't. I have that on my list. It's sort of it's a it's a very old book by now. I just got to be five six years old. But everyone always says when you start going down the rabbit hole, you need to read. You know, you have to read the white paper from uh, Satoshi. Uh, you know, the, the original one, which I have read by the way. Yep. So I've done that, and then yep. but I have to read Bitcoin Standard as well. Sounds like you've got a good one, also. So excellent recommendation, yeah. sir. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. They're both. They're both. You know, one is sort of you know enriching the head and in my you know sort of career, and then one is definitely enriching the soul. So excellent. That was a good first question. Yeah. I think we passed. I a good one. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, as we said, we'll put the links to those books in the show notes so you can actually get access to them if you're interested in reading them. Um, so, what do you think? Speaking of books, uh, to get to the second question, what do you think the most? I mean. Now, when we traded these questions back and forth, you worded it very specifically, but we'll, I mean, you said, what is the most influential book of all time and why? I took it to mean business book, but obviously it doesn't need to be business book. Um, You just, you were very, were you careful about that? You were basically saying, what's the most influential book of all time? Like any book. Like I would say any book, yes. And and I. Yeah, I mean, so taking out, I'm assuming you mean taking out like the Bible, right? I mean, which is clearly the most influential. Yes, book I did not agree. But if you, if you, you, know. you could have Bible as your answer. But yes, I was thinking not. I do not have Bible as yes. my answer, but 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 I yeah, I was I was I'm thinking you're. Thinking I was saying of, something hey, not discussed during the Council of Nicaea, like something other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In that book club, yeah, that book club. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So you you Council go ahead. What do you? What would you answer that question with? Well, I interpret it as business okay. book, to be honest. Um, so my answers are both business books. Um, uh, so I, you know, I have many, by the way, many, many, many books that I could recommend that are not business books that I believe to be that have been influential to me certainly, and that I would put up there in the most influential of all time. But uh, for business, just to keep it sort of sane for a moment. Um, I went with uh, Peter Drucker's Practice of Management. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and it's, you know, it, it's a must read for anybody in marketing business and quite frankly, any content creators out there as well, because this was really the book, you know, what you have to remember about this book, it was written in 1954 and no book to that point had really addressed the art and science and practice of business management as a thing, right? You know, you just sort of, you know, the way that business managers got to be business managers where they worked in a business for a while. And then it was sort of like you just made it up. And Drucker actually sort of documented all of this. It was the first to talk about like, what is a business? Like to actually try and define that. And this is where you get the famous quote of, you know, that so many people use like, you know, marketing and innovation are the only things of value in a business. Everything else is a cost, which everybody quotes all the time. Um, it was the first to talk about the idea of the purpose of a business is to create a customer, which you've also heard a million times. It was the first to talk about the purpose of management being to get to the organization's mission statement, to focus on talent acquisition, to focus on building teams. Um, It was also the first and maybe most important time that there was this concept talked about. And when I say this, you're going to go, right, we've known about that forever. But this was the first time that it was ever really discussed, which was 
how managing a business has to be a creative rather than an adaptive task. In other words, what was Drucker was saying in the book was he was arguing that said a great management team, a great business creates economic conditions or changes the economic conditions rather than just adapting to whatever economic conditions exist. And then he said that's what separates good businesses and management teams from bad businesses and management teams. I, so it's, I think, truly one of the most influential books in business that has ever been written. Fascinating. Yeah. The other one, by the way, that I would mention, just simply for its, I guess, you know, you know how they talk about uh, in NFL, the sort of coaching trees, yeah. you know, that you see, you know, you, you, you know, the great coaches, you know, sort of. I saw, yeah, you and Tom and Webster were trees. talking about coaching trees. Yeah, on we were going out of that yeah. about on Bill Belichick. Yeah, exactly. Well, this, the so, and you've heard me talk about Theodore Levitt a million times, but it's not even a book. It's a white paper that he wrote in the 1960s called Marketing Myopia. And the coaching tree, or quite frankly, the practice tree that grows out of Marketing Myopia is just huge. I mean, everything from Simon Sinek's Start With Why, you can trace that right back to Marketing Myopia. Uh, when Steve Jobs, you know, the, the video that everybody always talks, you know, that sends around about Steve Jobs talking about how you have to start with the customer experience and work your way backwards to what you're going to market, that can trace its legs back all the way to Marketing Myopia, the jobs to be done framework, design thinking, understanding what business we're really in, whether you're in the you know buggy whip or the transportation business, all of those things just go ladder right back up into marketing myopia. And it's such an important concept. I would put it right up there with probably the most influential publications for marketing that's ever existed. So those are my, you know, I've never read that, but I've heard you talk about it so many times. I feel like I have, that's that's my guess. <laughs> well, yeah, almost every. Have. I mean, it's not long. It's not long. It's 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 you know it's you know yeah. eight or ten pages. It's not it's not a big page. It's not a big commitment, and it's so important. Uh, my uh, there there were a couple people that worked at Penton when I was back in the that they used to pass the white papers out to everyone so that they could get a really good foundation for what that was all about. Then back, what was it? Seven year, seven eight years ago, when you and I were on the road to city to city to city every week, and I would actually listen to you talk about it incessantly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Loved it every time. Yes, every time it was fresh. Yep. it was new to me. We actually made a joke about it in the uh, in that video we did for Opening Content Marketing World one year, where it was like I was I was just so I was so uh, crazed about. Theodore Levitt, everybody like rolls their eyes every time I mention it. <laughs> it it's true. Yes. It's true. Whenever I mention it, my, my wife, who has now heard about Theodore Levitt more than she ever wanted to know about Theodore Levitt, now rolls her. She's like, oh, that. Yeah, it was like what we were. About I know how it ended up, but we were trying to get where you were talking to a group of people. And then slowly people just started to walk away from you as you brought up Theodore Levitt. Because again, yeah, exactly. oh, God, here right. he goes again, talking about Theodore Levitt. Um, I have, because we don't follow instructions very well, I have two books as well. Mine are a little bit different, but they they go together because of the effect that they had on me personally. So one, you know both of these. I've talked about this before, but the one is Think and Grow Rich from Napoleon Hill. Oh, And, of book. course, yeah. it's a very chauvinistic book. It was written in the 30s. So I apologize to anyone who takes offense by the way that some of the things are written in the book. It's very men 
he him dominated for everything but you know that's the way that napoleon hill wrote but the message is valuable to anyone i've taken he's got multiple lessons in that book that made an impact on me but what i really started to do from that is to to set i set goals i mean this is i've read this i think when i was 18 years old and i thought this was amazing it wasn't a you know i thought i I think i thought at first robert it was a get rich quick book which it's not it's a meant it's all about your mental state and how you can think and though your attitude and then the things that you do because of the goals that you set how that they can affect your life so if you're any kind of a goal setter or you believe that you need to plan things to find success uh, Think and Grow Rich is one of those must-read books, in my opinion. And then I like to tie that, uh, you know, like you do with a, you know, a good wine and a fish meal. You you might do that, or or steak, if you will, and a good anejo. I would like to pair Think and Grow Rich with a Stranger in a Strange Land from Robert Heinlein, which is a science fiction book. <laughs> but go. the reason why I do this, and I've I've blogged about this a couple times. There's a couple. Point, first of all, Strange in a Strange Land, Land, probably my favorite book of all time. It is a science fiction book. It's a very long book. Uh, a lot of people don't like it. There are sections of this book, though, that talk about focus. And very specifically, the how you if you focus on one thing at a time and you really kind of uh, tune out everything else in your world and really focus on like say being great at one thing how that is a strategy that works more times than not so that's why i pair think and grow rich with where i got i'm going to write things down and i'm going to start to uh read those goals every day that really came from think and grow rich and then the idea of focus and really focus on look i can't boil the ocean here i don't want to boil the ocean i want to be really good at one thing so what is that one thing that i can make an impact on the world that really comes from strange in a strange land and that's why when somebody asked me i always pair those two books together made a big influence on me and strangely enough i read both of them when i was 18 years old so there nice. you go. I was coming out of high school. I never read any books until I came out of high school, which was weird. I, yeah. It's like, oh, and now all of a sudden, uh, I'm, I don't have to, like, nobody's forcing me to read. So I just started to read things because I, you know, I wanted to be, be successful, whatever success meant at that time, and got a hold of those two books. So there you go. Okay, so I, I can't resist because you went there and I didn't. Um, I'm going to give you two two other quick. Oh, jeez, um, this is going to be the longest did, episode ever. Did, now, <laughs> did the same did the same for me. I'll make it very quick. I'll just make it very very quick. Um, which is one uh, Eckhart Tolle's uh, Awakening to Your Life's Purpose, uh, hugely influential in my sort of path, if you will, and the other, which may be the most influential in my career building and certainly my enjoyment of life path, was is a book called The Alchemist. Oh, that's um, a fantastic book. Yeah, it's an amazing book. So I don't. I'll just leave it at that. Let it hang there, so so that we can move on. But yeah, those are two. I haven't. I haven't read Awakening Your Life's Purpose. It sounds like this is something I need to read. Any all of Eckhart Tolle is really great. that's his famous one. The 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 awakening to your life's purpose is is is, is his famous Excellent. one. I love it. Perfect. All, All right. right. All right. This one should. I think this one's going to be pretty quick here. Uh, your favorite or the best TV show of this year? I think we're going to agree. Yeah, on Yeah, mine's Ted Lasso. Of course. It's not, is that yours it's too? Not even close. 
Oh yeah, of course. It's it's not even and it's and it's it's not even close. I mean, there's I have a couple of seconds, um, you know, that are that were also good, but I mean, it's but it's really really far down from the number one spot, which is Ted Lasso. You know, and everybody said this season wasn't as good, and I disagree. I disagree. I thought this season was fantastic. I thought it, it was a great bridge season from season one to uh, what will ultimately be season three. Um, you know, it you was, know, I thought it was just delightful. The Christmas episode alone. Was it's great. so funny because, you know, I mean, you love the Christmas episode. You remember how many people were just hating on that Christmas episode. Hated it. Hated it. They thought it was too saccharine. But right? you know, you know what? I think that people confuse, like we talked about it a couple times on the show, actually, that it is a, um, it's a, such a positive show, right? There's just some, some wonderful messaging that happens about the state of humanity, and we can learn so many great things about that, and it's, so it's a good show. But I think somebody, some people confuse the fact that to be a feel-good show, it doesn't always have to have a happy ending to each episode. And I think people sometimes think, oh, I want to, it's a feel good show. I want it to be everything to work out in the end. That doesn't happen in Ted Lasso. Everything does not work out in the end. He still got oh. divorced. You know, things still happen. There's still, there's a lot of personal problems going on. Now, of course, there's a lot of father son issues, which, you know, resonates with me. And a lot of the characters talk about the relationships they have with their fathers. Of course, Ted's and, and, uh, Jamie. Uh, what's Jamie's last name? Uh, Oh, Jamie Tart. Tart. Jamie Tart. Jamie Tart. So I can't. And I'm the the thing that I'm most upset about is they're they. I've heard that they're not starting filming on that until January for the third episode. Yeah, it's going to be a while. Yeah, it's going to be why. It's going to be a while. I I don't know. It's the same. It's the same frustration I had with um with Picard, which is one of my second ones. That when is when is Picard? Are they actually doing another? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's been it's, two years now. I think it's done. I I know. It's just it's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. I really enjoyed yeah, Picard. I, I, uh, and and Picard I was looking was, at. It, I'm like, oh, that great. was the show that I was saddest to see end. That was the one I was saddest to see end. Yeah. I just well, I I think he's a great actor, and I'm you know, you're you're a huge Star oh, Wars Star such Trek a great fan, show. So oh, I'm, yeah, I'm a huge yeah. Star Trek fan. So by the way, I and 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 the one. You know, I've gotten asked by a few of my friends who know how big a Star Trek fan I am. What do I think of Discovery? Uh, I'm going to try and give the this season, which literally just dropped, I think last week. I'm going to try and give it a shot, but boy, do I struggle with that show! I, I really, really just struggle with that show. I mean, it's like you know, it's like every episode's a very special episode of Blossom. I mean, it's like every. Everything is like, you know, the heart's on the sleeve and it's like, you know, it's just so aware of its own uh, sort of, you know, inclusiveness, which I can appreciate. I appreciate the inclusiveness very much, but at a, at, at the price of sort of making it silly, almost to the point of silliness. And it's like, I, I just, I can't. Yeah. Feels, feels a little forced. I don't know anything about it. So well, it just takes the adventure out of it, right? You just take all the adventure out of it, right? You know, it's and and it's anyway. I'm going to give it a shot. All I'm right. going to give it another shot because I do that for every Star Trek series. But you're we'll very open minded when it comes to Star Trek. I am, and I didn't like the I didn't like the little comedy cartoon show either. So you know, um, 
the, I, you know, the, 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 the below deck is the name of that one, but you know, yeah. Right, so anybody who hasn't watched Ted Lasso, I don't know. You, you probably just haven't Ted Lasso. Yeah, by the way, it's on Apple TV plus, which yeah, is, that's exactly which, which and we've talked about on this oh, show. Dear, I thought that Apple TV Plus's goal, I thought the whole thing, I thought their investment in content, I thought it was all terrible. And then Ted Lasso comes out and now I'm like, oh, I think this I think it's the whole thing strategy's going to work now. <laughs> because of this one yeah. show. And I think it will. Yeah. And yeah. then he's got a bunch of really bad Tom Hanks movies on there too. So, there you go. I just watched that. I just watched that. It was not. I, good. I heard. I watched the one with Finch. The, uh, what's the one that he was on the submarine or the, not the sub, but the battleship? I thought that was oh, not the a battleship? great show. I did not see that. And one. then the, now the new one with the robot. I've heard is terrible. Finch. Yeah, it's 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 oh, okay. awful. Well, good. Now it's I don't have to watch really that. Not good. Yeah. Fantastic. There you go. All right. Our next question. What is your favorite current? Gadget, like you know, what's uh, what's got y'all hot? Well, you you already know the answer. I'll go first because you already know this one, and I'm it's still oh, I do it's still my ember, uh, keep my coffee warm. Funny, but mine's coffee too, but it's a completely different thing. But yeah, well, so anyways, a little detail for those of you that don't know, I got this as a gift from my kids, and they gave me, and this was a holiday Christmas gift, and it is a wonderful coffee mug that. It runs on battery, and it keeps your coffee at the exact temperature that you want it. So if you want it 130 degrees Fahrenheit, or you like it at 110, or whatever whatever you want it at, it will keep at that temperature. You control it with your phone. And then, to your point, it does need to be on. You have to put it back to the charger a lot more than I would have thought, which that was the point yeah, that you made. over time. But... I, yeah. I have it hooked up right at my desk, so I just you basically set it on it like a coaster, and it works really well. Nice. So that's that, that is mine. That's that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. And and it frustrated my wife all all together because we had ours in the kitchen, and then she would walk around with the mug, and and it just over time it doesn't hold that's the charge right. as well, so it stops so, starts you know. So that's really good advice. If you are the type of person that walk all over the place and you sit at different places when you have your coffee, this is not going to work for you. Get a couple of them. Yeah. Well, or get, get a couple, couple of them. them. But right. if you, yeah, if you, a, if you sit down at a desk, like I do, like I get my coffee, I basically, I usually get my coffee. I'll read in the morning. And then when I'm ready to go to my desk, you know, I'm there and I'm sitting there and I put my coffee on it. Feeling good. Keep them warm. Cause I don't yeah. drink coffee quickly. I, I drink yeah. it over a two hour period. So, so there it is. Fantastic. What do you got? What's All right, your gadget? So mine is, co- mine is coffee as well. So have you heard about this uh, Comatier no, coffee? No. So Comatier is this new company, and what they do is they send you, you can order, it's coffee that comes, so you know the little Keurig type package, well, I have right? a Keurig, absolutely. Which is meh, it makes meh kind of coffee to me. It makes... It makes fine. It's fine. You're saying? Are you saying you're a coffee um, snob? Is that what you're saying? I am saying I am a coffee snob, and if I'm a coffee snob, my wife is the biggest coffee snob on the planet. <laughs> we have tried everything. We've done French press. We've done drip. We've done pour over. We've done. Uh, if you can think of it, we've done it um, in terms of coffee, and. Generally speaking, we have found, just for you who may be interested, we found Percolator to be the best, but that's neither here nor there. Comatier is this service 
um, that takes really good coffee. And what you do is you buy it and you get it in a freeze dried, it's all frozen, uh, little container. And it looks very much like one of those cured things. So you get like a little box and you can order and customize your little boxes so that it's one might be a pack of decaf and another might be a pack of, you know, dr- uh, light roast and another might be, you know, a dark roast and, and all of that. And basically you get it and it comes all freeze dried and everything and, and basically in a, you know, sort of whatever they call that stuff, the the stuff that when you mail it, uh, God, it's not liquid ice, but it's uh, dry ice. You know what I'm talking about. Dry, dry ice. ice. Thanks. Yeah. Dry ice. Comes in dry ice. You put it immediately into your freezer and it stays frozen. And then basically you run it under the tap water till it uh, and it dehydrates or excuse me, de- de- uh, defrost very quickly. And then you just pour the uh, little element into your cup, add hot water, and it's a delicious one cup of coffee. And it's and it's really good. It's really how long really does this good. process I'm not an take? Affiliate marketer or anything like that. It, the whole process maybe four. Okay, five so seconds. this is not lengthy. This is no, no, no. You pull. I mean, you literally pull it out of the freezer. You put it under tepid because the the things are in this really cool like aluminum uh, container which conducts heat really well. So you put it under. You could put it under hot water, but you can. I do it under te- their instructions. Say do tepid water. It literally becomes liquid enough liquid to put into your cup um you know maybe with a little cube in there of coffee and it's concentrate it's like coffee concentrate and and basically you put it in there and then you add super hot water like boiling water and you have yourself an instant cup of coffee and so if i mean it's 45 seconds assuming you have instant hot or you have a pot of boiling water available to you um and it's just amazing the coffee's unbelievably good uh costs so, nope, I have no, I have no, you can get it. Uh, I'm paying, I think, uh, like 30 bucks a month and I'm getting like 60, like 30, 30 little things. Um, I, you can customize a package basically and you do it by subscription and you can sort of, you know, alter your subscriptions and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's and you're cool. saying it's going to beat my, my, uh, Keurig Starbucks. Oh, packages, pockets, hundred percent better. Yes, than okay, all right, better than Keurig. Hundred percent better. Have than to try the only it. the only con is that you got to store it in the freezer, so it takes up freezer space. And for those of us who have small freezers, it's you know it's, it's a little bit of a headache, but but it's really all right. Great. I it's like really that, great. and the fact that it's subscription. I did not see you going there. I'm impressed. This is yeah, this is not not a go. place I would have thought. So very good. All right, all right. Next question for you is biggest marketing trend of the next 12 months. What do you think? All right. So I have two answers to this, but there's really only one trend. So let me talk about that second. <laughs> the, the thing I wonder what the it's thing that people no, hmm. no. I wonder no, no, what no. It might you, be. You, hmm. I, you you know you'll know where I'm going here in a second. The yeah. the thing that all the marketing folks are talking about right now is the whole metaverse NFTs. That's talk, and where where I see a lot of con. Oh, it's funny. I broke mine out. To, I broke mine out. Okay. This well, way maybe too. we're yeah. not talking about. So basically, there's going to be a lot of talk about it. Like, what are we doing? They're going to do. You know, like we talked about on the last episode. There's going to be a lot of stunts. A lot of PR stuff. I don't think there's going to be a lot of things that actually happen in the next year. So it's going to be all icing and no cake, in my opinion. So that's 
not really a trend, but it's going to be the talk of marketing. You'll hear it on all the circuits, all those, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of work done in 2022. The actual trend that is actually happening that is going to get even bigger that you and I have talked about forever as well, but I just can't believe how crazy this is getting right now is in acquisitions. It was basically yeah. companies that provide products and services, brands that are not media companies, are actively right now, after we've been talking about it for a decade, are actively buying you know, media companies or content creators or YouTubers or whatever the case is because they can. They're flush with cash. And it's very hard to build an audience. And on the other side, it's it, once a content creator builds an audience, it's very hard to monetize that audience. So it's a really good marriage uh, between you know creativity and cash. And you're going to see some major, major deals happen. Uh, where I think a lot of the I was I I don't want to say the majority because who knows at this point. But I think a large percentage of the M&A deals that happen in 2022 will happen between a non-media company uh, purchasing media companies. So that that's what I have. Do you have something similar? I, well, I would, I would comment on yours and say I absolutely 100% agree with it. And I would sort of just maybe it's a yes and it's not it's not trying to correct oh this is fine saying, you can correct it's, it it's all good basically saying no i think it's i think it's definitely a yes and which is i think what you're going to see are it's a wider let's make it a wider tent right so which is the media acquisitions you're going to see are for companies product service or other media companies attempting to be platform companies right they're trying to get those multiple lines of revenue and they're going to be looking at this as both a marketing as well as building an ecosystem kind of play. So I think to your point, the non-media companies will be acquiring media companies to add, you know, to add value in that way. And the media companies will be acquiring other media companies to add acquisitions for those that can flex and extend brands into products and services. Right. Yes. So uh, that makes sense. I, You're saying I it's going both ways. Yeah. Absolutely. It's going both ways. Going yeah, both I can ways. see that. Um, my two, um, so I had I, I, I took sort of the same thing, which is like, you know, there's the trendy trend, right? You know, what everybody's going to be talking about and, you know, we're, we'll, be talk, we'll be talking a lot about, which I think will continue the sort of explosive growth of AI. Um, what will happen is I think you're going to start to see a lot of conversation come around the idea of automating context for content presentation. So whether that's delivering personalization or that's delivering without the ability to, you know, based on content consumption, starting to, you know, use things other than personalization from explicit data to, uh, you know, to sort of just understanding the behaviors of consumers and starting to personalize content, which is algorithmically based, but people will call it artificial intelligence. So, the, the talk of the town, I suspect, will be marketing and AI and how it's used to drive more personal experiences or personalized experiences. That'll be the thing in 2022 that everybody will be talking about. I think the real trend um, is related to that, which will be uh, the idea of audience identification, both in B2B and B2C, in a world without third-party cookies. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm continually sort of watching just slowly, 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 you know, it's like, you know, when you build those sand tunnels on the beach and, you know, you just sort of, you, you dig away at it, you dig away, you dig away at it, and all of a sudden the whole thing collapses. 
I, I can see this happening now in email addresses, right? You know, the whole trend for Apple now to give you the power to obfuscate your email address and just basically give a fake email address that delivers to you until you decide to unsubscribe from it. Or, uh, you know, or what we're now starting to see with blockchain and messaging and what we're starting to see with uh, audience identification through other means that isn't like, you know, phone number or physical address or address. And how do we start delivering personal experiences through those things. So I think you're going to start to hear a lot about alternatives um, to that. And, you know, I'm hoping to talk a little bit more about some of that as well, um, because it's a, I, th- I see it as a real trend in 2022, and it's where I'm going to be putting a lot of focus um, in my efforts. Yeah, we're gonna have yeah, we're gonna have to have a special episode just talking about what you and I are gonna do in 2022 because it's gonna be very exciting. We're gonna, we're gonna yeah. you have you have plans, plans. I have, have plans, plans, lots of plans. Of course, because we can't yeah. just because we just can't leave well enough alone. That's why we That's just right. keep That's doing right. things. That is exactly very right. good. Um, all right, so now what would normally be fitting into our rants and rave section, we'll say for the last question, or question number seven. I can't believe we got through all six, actually. Um, well, we didn't. You skipped. But we one. got to number seven. You did skip one. I did. We what, we what did we I skipped. Skip? Uh, you skipped. If if I wrote a new book right now, what would I write about? I didn't see that question. In it's the number list. three. Number three. Yeah, because that makes seven. I. Because right now, if you know what, you're right. I don't know which why is I, fine. I don't we don't have there, to cover that if you don't want to. You're right. No, I, you're totally right. I totally in my show notes here. I just, I just completely. I thought that you were skipping it. over it on purpose. See, this right. is how we do this show, folks. I thought he was skipping yeah, over it on purpose because is, we ran long on the first two. Which, which, by the way, Robert does all the time because when we prepare for the show, we generally have five, six, or seven different news articles we're covering, but we generally right. only get yeah. to two or three, and you will skip around based on where the conversation's going, and I just let you take the lead. Yes. little inside correct. baseball there. So that's what I thought you were doing. I was just well, giving you, you the go. benefit of the doubt. Uh, good. Well, good for you. Thank you for pointing it out. So do you want to answer that question real quick? Just Yeah, sure. R- just real so quick. I'll answer. So yeah. cover all the bases. I'm going to make so, sure I don't yeah. miss a piece as we <laughs> so round it. Question, you know, as we round the question is, if I yeah. wrote a book right yeah. now, what would I write about? And uh, again, yeah. I could never have one answer. I have two. Because I really, and I feel I'm late if I wrote started writing this now, but the whole Web3 business model for content creators needs to happen. We cover a lot on the tilt right now with that in articles. I've written many articles on it. But if I was going to write a book, I think a book is necessary on what this new business model is, what it means, how we do it, is it different, those types of things. But honestly, the, and this is, this is very nice, the request that I get most often for the book to write is probably a surprise to you. I don't know, but everyone wants me to write a version two or the next edition of the will to die, my fiction novel, which is very nice. I get that question. You should, you should, I get that question probably three or four times a week, which is wonderful. People are, you know, send me an email and they'll say, Oh, I just read it or listened to the audio book or whatever. When's the next one coming out? And then I have to go into the fact where I've, well, I launched the tilt and now I'm really focused on content creators. And, and then they're like, Oh, that sucks. Well, tell me, (laughs) tell me when you're going to write the next fiction book. That's right. So that's, that's what, uh, that's my answer there. So what, what about you, sir? What would you, 
Right. Uh, well, I have two as well. <laughs> one which is uh, which is sort of business related, um, which would sort of you know tee up uh, and, and a bit of a hint into what where my focus is going to be in, in 2022, uh, which is exactly the book you're talking about, right? But only I would write it for, obviously, for, for marketers, brands. For, yeah, for enterprise marketers. For, and that's yeah, where it's interesting. That's where I, lo- I love the, because I've been, you've been reading a lot about the enterprise marketing side of the Web3 thing. And I've been, of course, on totally. the other side with content creators, individuals. So there's a lot that we can learn from each other, thankfully. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, boy, no kidding. The one that I'd love to write, and still do, by the way, have on my to-do list if I can ever get the time is how the skills of business are truly changing from a knowledge-based set of skills to a wisdom-based set of skills. And it's it's an important difference, and I won't belabor it here because we'll get to rants and raves here for our last question. But um, Wait, 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 okay. You can't just leave it there. What do you mean (laughs) by wisdom-based? What I mean by that is that for, you know, so in the 1950s, uh, the the wonderful and oft quoted as we did in this show even Peter Drucker talked worker. about uh, the no, the yeah. knowledge worker right the knowledge worker and the knowledge worker was something that he talked about where you hired people based on the knowledge that they had to apply to a particular skill that you needed in a business right so you'd hire ostensibly subject matter experts that basically excelled at one particular bent of knowledge, that they knew the facts, they knew how to do something, they, they had the knowledge. Well, knowledge itself, information, has become so commoditized in today's world, it's literally a Google search away. And what is mostly missing now from businesses are the, is the skill set of how to apply knowledge based on experience, which is classically known as wisdom which is how do you actually get creative about the way that you mash knowledge together to come up with something new, to create something new and uh, innovative. And that's truly the skill set. And, you know, in other words, when you think about the knowledge worker, think about the person who has in-depth knowledge of how to code up HTML. That is a knowledge worker, right? I know how to code up HTML. Therefore, I'm hired for that particular skill set and knowledge, and I Mm -hmm. can do that. That's something that now with AI and automation can be automated in large degree and has to, to many. You know, the skill set of knowing HTML is gone now. It very quickly rose in the early 2000s and has now ostensibly disappeared as a, as a, as a skill. And many of those skills that we have today, including things like accounting and, you know, and, and you know, the, the, the idea of coding and the idea of um, are starting to evolve now into how do you practically apply that in a wise way, in a creative way, which is really at the heart of classic thought of wisdom. And I think that that we have now reached a new age of the wisdom worker, um, which is, which is a, that's the book that I wisdom worker. I wonder if that exists. Yeah, it does. Trust me. You're just going to frustrate yourself as I've frustrated myself with people out there talking a little bit about this there's enough out there that like it's frustrating and not enough out there that i feel like it's been properly covered well you can't go with the wisdom worker but maybe you could go with something like business lessons from the dark crystal that might work <laughs> I like that, that is actually, actually you know that. you could what you, that when you were really when good. you were giving your explanation all i was thinking about yeah. is you could wrap this whole thing up in the dark inside the dark crystal the movie 
Oh, sure. The Dark Crystal and Labyrinth. Oh, my gosh. I think we're, I think oh, we're all see, good. See, there it is. Yeah. That's the new book. That's what we want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There it is. There it is. If only David Bowie was still oh, alive. We could, that could be. Yeah. He would he be would perfect be. for it. So. Anyway. <laughs> Let's okay. finish up with our last bit, which is, of course, our biggest pet peeve. Current marketing or content creation pet peeve. Uh I have one, but you go first, and I'll, I'll I'll go. All right, so I have many pet peeves, but I'm going to pick this one. I oh, I do too. I was it was hard, hard to contain. To contain. Quite frankly, uh, yeah. You've been involved in this one a little bit recently. I won't go into too much detail, but you you know how ev- basically every couple weeks I'll throw on LinkedIn or I'll throw on Twitter. You know, do not build your content house on rented land. No. Right. I know. <laughs> no, yeah. You know where I'm going. I talk about it all the time. Yeah. Uh, we've, we basically yeah. built a content marketing institute around that idea and teaching marketers. Well, we built this city on rock well, and roll, Joe. Yeah, well, we, that we and the fact that you don't build yeah. your content house on rented land right. and talk about it all the time. Correct. And there are, there's, a, there's a number of, okay. So basically what happens when I tweet that out? You'll get people to say, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you'll get people that say, what? Like, you're telling me not that I shouldn't be on social media. My audiences are on social media. That's stupid. Like, it's free. Like, why aren't we using it? Whatever. And then I have to go back and say, I'm not saying don't use social media. Of course, we want a smart, strategic use of social media platforms that makes sense. We want to go in that direction, but we do not want to give all the control of our communications and the content experiences we want to build with our audience to other platforms. We want to take some control, not ownership. We can't own the audience, but we can control our communications a little bit better through things like our website, a membership site, email marketing, which we're both high on, those types of things. But when you... So often what happens is somebody will take that, they'll write a blog post, they'll do a podcast, they'll do something like that, and they'll say, Joe or other people that talk about this type of thing say, oh, you you shouldn't be using social media. You should all be using owned channels or controlled channels, and that's just silly. And then I always have to come back and say, that's not what we're saying. I'm saying don't build your content strategy just on social platforms because Google Plus can happen at any time. Uh, Facebook can change the algorithm at any time. YouTube can ban you. Twitter can ban you at any time. So take a little bit of control for your marketing strategy. That's all I'm saying. Of course, where it makes sense, use social media. And that's my biggest pet peeve is when people take something and they make it, they turn it a little bit to, to, I don't know, be, be a little bit more uh, argumentative and to pick a fight. Yeah, pick a fight, yeah. Exactly. you know, like a news channel would yep. go in that direction because yep. it's oh, – and then everybody piles on, oh, yeah, you're right. That's stupid. You actually should be using social media. And then I have to get back <laughs> right. on and I have to do the whole thing again and say, that's not right. what we mean. This is what we mean. Yeah. And it's, so. it's, it, it's basically listen closely. Don't build your home – let me say it again. Home. Don't build your home on rented land. Sure. Build your rental property. Build your pop-up hut. Build your pop-up store. Build your, go rent a condo. Go, you know, whatever metaphor you like, go do all of that on social media. Just don't build your home on rented land. Because why? Because you don't own your home then. And you can't 
control your home your home that's the important part of that sentence so yeah yeah exactly like we've been what have we been doing for the last decade we've been uh fixing up and doing a wonderful job of fixing up our uh places that we live and giving it new you know new wallpaper and new carpeting and and uh, everything to the nines and we're helping facebook and twitter and youtube and linkedin and all that all those companies and they we've been building their audiences for them and our audience on is on those platforms are not our audiences there we're renting those you would never go in and spend a hundred thousand dollars to uh you would you would never spend a hundred thousand dollars to go fix up your rent. That's apartment right. There's no because you're just improving. You're improving the apartment owners. Why building, do it? Right. You would go in and build. Yeah, your exactly. Own. So, anyways, enough about that. But yeah, that's my that, cons- that consistently is my pet peeve and has been for a long time. <laughs> you keep having to fight that battle. How about you, sir? What is your pet peeve? Uh, I have pet peeves uh, on a couple of things. Mostly, it's in one category, which I would call the algorithm hack. Um, for me, it is just this. So, f- f- the first example of this is the needlessly long or falsely long video or blog post, right? You know, you, and you know what I'm talking about, right? You've got to monetize it for YouTube, so it's got to be eight minutes. So, it might be something that literally the the video should be like thirty seconds long. Here's the answer, right? You know, the old Kramer. Why don't you just tell me the name of the movie you'd like to see? And instead, what you get is a video going, movies were invented in the 1920s. and the 1920s, movies were invented. And then movies were invented. And when movies were invented, basically, they were moving pictures. Still pictures, of course, were earlier than that. And still pictures came earlier because moving pictures were harder to make. And so on and so on. And so you're like, oh, my God, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward to get to the actual meat of what the headline or what the value of the video is going to be. Blog post, same way. There's this sort of need for it to, you know, or the feel for the need for it to be long. So it's literally the, the you know, it's 500 words before you actually get to the lead of the article itself. And so it's like you get all this backstory for stuff that you don't need or want, and you're trying to get to what it is it's trying to say. Or another version of this is uh, just, you know, the, the LinkedIn poll which I guess someone's discovered somewhere gets a lot of engagement. So now you're seeing LinkedIn polls like every two seconds, like what's your favorite color of ice cream? You know, what, what bicycle do you like? Do you like one with two wheels or one wheel? You know, and it's all in the name of getting those precious clicks and likes and having your, you know, your, your profile circulate higher or the one where you get tagged in with about a thousand other people, you know, I think, you know, you shouldn't build your home on rented land. Tag, yeah, tag, exactly. tag. I mean, a thousand people are tagged in the things so that you get you know, notified that you're supposed to come in and comment on this thing. Um, or I'm, another one is that I've, I bet I'm getting recently this, this new trick in email that I'm getting from B2B marketers, which you put RE in your title. So it looks like you've already spawned, responded mm-hmm. to it. You know, you've already started a conversation and they even like will do like, you know, uh, you know, like the line down it or arrows or whatever. So it looks like a response to a conversation you had. And it's like, hey, haven't heard from you yet. You know, shouldn't we schedule a meeting? You know, that those kind of like they're just following up all those sort of hacks around sort of trying to trick you into sort of thinking about getting into something or how to, you know, clickbait you into something or it's just it's totally you know what mine is i don't like and and by the way i know they work many times but that's not the point i hate squeeze pages 
I hate like when when I when I say squeeze space, like one of those. And you you mentioned the extraordinarily long, repetitive video, if you will, or blog post. It's the same thing. It's like there's an offer, but they go through, and then they do a comment, and then they do a video, and then they like you literally have to scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll to get to the bottom. It's like oh, you need this for eight eighty eight or whatever it is. I'm I'm tired of that. I just want to, if I'm going to offer something for sale, I just want it on one page. I don't even want to scroll down. What is it? What are you giving me? If I want to click for more information, what's that link? Here's some questions. Here's maybe a little video. Put it all in one, and I don't have to scroll forever. It just seems shwarmy to me. Shwarmy, shwarmy yeah. They're for shwarmy. sure, the shwarmy. shwarmy. So, very good. Shwarmy. Well, that was fun. Shwarmy. That was a good word was to a fun on. episode. Yeah, that was totally fun. We could just that do that really every fun. time. That was. We really don't. Really that we won't have to prepare. Yeah, people would no, People would get tired. People would get tired. People, people were already. That's why tired it's a, that's of, why it's a special nonsense. episode. Yes, but but next that's week is a special right. episode so, too. So we have two yeah, special episodes in a row. Awesome! It's going to be off the hook fun. We're going to have a good time. Um, if we can pull it off, we'll see if we can pull this whole thing off. This whole video and some of the fun stuff that we've got planned. So you know, we'll see. It could go down in flames. It um, could be our worst episode go, ever. Absolutely, it, it, it absolutely it right. So best. you'll have to tune in to find out. You see what we did there? It's a clickbait. That's shwarmy. It was shwarmy. That's shwarmy. That's that is shwarmy. Um, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. My friend. I, hope you I, I hope you enjoy have a yourself. Lovely, lovely, wonderful. Uh, thank you very much. We're going to go up to the beach and we're going to hang out. It's going to be wonderful, and I'm going to have hashtag all the drinks. And so, yeah, I'm very good. Yeah, to this it. is the first time we're not traveling uh, for 20 years, so we're we're staying home. Yeah, the nice. the kids are coming home from from college tomorrow. Tomorrow, actually, beautiful. And uh, so beautiful. We'll, we'll be in the Cleveland area for Thanksgiving for the first time in a very long time. When I had when I had a full head of hair, uh, so I basically oh, yes, wow, isn't that crazy? How long ago that was? Yeah. That is crazy. <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, I hope you and yours also have a lovely, wonderful, warm, pleasant Thanksgiving. I hope the family arguments aren't too much. Uh, to deal with uh, but of course that's life at Thanksgiving so I hope you all have a beautiful wonderful family get together uh, and uh, and for those of you who are interested well we will be back next week um, so uh, it is our 300th episode but for this we're signing off if you want to get everything including all those show notes to the books and everything we linked to um, talked about in today's episode get on over to our site thisoldmarketing.site Remember to hashtag us up with your questions. Do that till the end of the weekend or whatever until we can get everything assembled for our big show next week with 300. And until we see you then, remember, it's your story to tell. Tell it well. See you next week on the 300th episode of This Old Marketing.